Welcome to the One Speed MMA Podcast with yours truly, Flying Smitty. Carson Wood. Here, back in the, back in this bit, in the back of the, what's the Kendrick Lamar lyric? I don't know. I should, but I don't. I don't. Is it even Kendrick Lamar that I'm thinking of? I don't know, but I know AKA Benz is to him just a car. Have I asked you this before? No. You, if, in the front of my, yeah. Do you know his full name? Kendrick, no. Kendrick, his his last name. So Lamar's his middle name. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's Kendrick Lamar Duckworth. No way. <laughs> yeah. Kendrick Duckworth. Yeah. Love it. You so better have good. my dominoes. How do you get a name like Duckworth? I don't know. And not to be not to be racially insensitive, but that that kind of seems like a slave name that has never been changed. Yeah, it probably is. I mean, that's Kanye West. I mean, that's what he said. It's his. It's a slave owner name. Um, did you listen to the Tribe Called Quest album with him on it where they turn the reverb way up? I did, but I've only given it one listen through. Me too. And I appreciated it. It just, did it remind you of the Jurassic 5? Yes, a lot. And I guess you could say it, it should have reminded me of the original Tribe Called Quest. However, I didn't listen to a whole lot of old Tribe Called Quest. No, I haven't either. That's why that's why I'm assuming that's where they got their bite from. And I'm sure they reference it a ton in Jurassic 5 and I just didn't realize it. Um, but it was it was good. And it made me actually buy Power and Numbers again. Or I guess for the first time because I've only pirated it ever. I like Jurassic 5. I like all of that. I've been listening to... Really, I listen to a lot of Section 80, Kendrick Lamar, but I only listen to High Power and um, Reagan Politics and a couple other ones. I don't... I used to listen to the whole album, but now I just get myself pumped up for work when I drive in. <laughs> and then um, Run the Jewels. The run the Jewels fast. Running when I need run to get... It, run it, when run, I need to get it. really stoked for work, that's what I listen to. And then get I'm really like, stoked for Watch Dogs? Yeah. Been playing that, too. How is it? I like it. I like it a lot. It's like a Grand Theft Auto where it, there's more to it than just like vulgarity and beating up prostitutes. I haven't got all the way in yet. Apparently, you break up a uh, a sex ring, but I think that they were talking about Mafia Three, not Watch Dogs. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah, because um, in in Mafia Three, you do you actually go in and they're auctioning off people and you bust it up. Video games that I've been playing is, are is Animal MMA. Also known as Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? What? It's Sun and Moon or whatever? Yeah. Not bad. That and Battlefield 1. Oh, it's so good. Thanks to you. Yeah. I haven't played it thanks to to Watch Dogs, but I I really enjoyed what I played. It's way better than Watch Dogs. I I enjoyed what I played. So good. So let's talk. uh, There's a big weekend of fights. Let's actually go back to Belfast. Musashi vs. Hall 2. You didn't see any of these, right? I saw this was on Fight Pass. I saw one, the British guy that was getting booed, and it was the headbutt. Um, no, I didn't see that one. That is this the Irish, thing. the Irish one, or is this uh, Brazil? Oh, it was Brazil. Yeah, no. So we're talking. So I'm talking. You're talking Belfast. Yeah. yeah. So I did actually see a couple of these. I was thinking because there, I was I was thinking that it was Belfast, but then when I remember he was actually fighting a Brazilian and getting booed in Brazil, and he's like, ah, I don't care if you if you dislike me, I really appreciate being here. Um, and he's like, thank you for welcoming me. And, uh, and, uh, they were booing him because of the headbutt, obviously. The Brazilian fans, very nationalistic as I think they should be. Um, we'll talk about that. Cause I was actually going for Claudia Gadelia instead of, uh, Casey. And I, as I was watching it, I was like, man, I should probably be going for Casey. 
just because she's a, a lower rank. Claudia Gadelli's already had two title shots. And you I had to go for see. Claudia. She's my girlfriend. Yeah. And that's, you know. That's, she's only had one title shot. She said, oh, no, but she fought Joanna before. For before UFC. Joanna got her title yeah. shot. Yep. So, uh, I only watched a couple of these. I, I, the the Dead God beer, I watched the, uh, the, the Rear Naked Choke and he did the old Dan Severin-like. Where instead of wrapping it and putting his arm behind his head, he just pulled his other arm. Mm-hmm. Um, the left hand pull. I watched a Renal fight, um, the one thirty five, where she's just she's really solid fighter, um, but she goes balls to the wall. So that's kind of been her problem. And then what other ones I see? I saw all of the main card, just because not all of the main card. I didn't watch the Ross Pearson fight because his his fights aren't exciting to me anymore, and he doesn't have really any prevalence. So I didn't really care as much. Um, I watched a Lobov Ishihara fight just because I wanted to see the Russian hammer. Yeah, and I Lobov he beat. I mean, he's won three in a row. Good on it. No, no, he lost the first one, and then he beat Avila, and now he just beat Ish, Ishihara. But neither of them have like solid striking. Like it looked like it was more of the tough semifinals than it did an actual like legitimate like UFC fight. I want to see Ishihara do good. Yeah, just a feel good guy. I mean, he's always hitting on women. Yes, yeah. he's a little bit of a womanizer. He didn't really look like neither Pretty of them really funny. looked like they cared to be there. It was really bizarre to watch and watch these guys that were like, "Oh, they're going at it," but they don't. None of them really like. They don't look like they care. And then Musasi versus Hall Gegard looked like he just wanted to uh, just crush your eyes. So you know what I mean. And he did. Yeah. I mean, 21 seconds into the first, which doesn't make sense because this is 45 seconds, KO at 45 seconds, but it finished at 21 seconds of the, of the first round. So it doesn't, it doesn't make a ton Somebody of sense. Somebody had the time stone from Doctor Strange. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they're just really watched that today. Up. I haven't seen it yet. No spoilers, bro. Well, that, that they, that's on the cover of entertainment. The, the time stone, does that go in the gauntlet? They all do, yeah. All the, all the uh, well, I know they infinity do, stones. But I didn't know. Well, why, yeah. I didn't know if that specifically <laughs> was an infinity stone. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, I kind of felt bad for Hall. Um, this is a, a question that kind of comes from this. There's a pre-fight interview with Uriah Hall where one of the guys from MMA Junkie, he's a pretty prevalent um, journalist, and I can't remember who it is, but he said, he asked him, like, how did the fight come together? But in this, like, really long-winded, like, so this is short notice, and you guys weren't originally the, the main event, and now you are, and how are you approached, or how did this all come together? And Uriah looked at him and goes, really, man? Is is that your question? Because I, like, I, I feel like you could have got your answers with just a little bit of research. <laughs> <laughs> and so I... I one of the things I wanted to, to ask you about is, like, in sports journalism, or in this case, MMA journalism, I feel like... In any type of journalism, most like you hear about Chuck Liddell and, and Forrest Griffin and those guys hating to go on the media tours because they're repeatedly repeatedly asked the same questions. I've done in-person interviews with musicians and stuff, and I try my hardest to do research before I go in and, and ask questions. But like, do you feel, especially the MMA journalists, you feel like there's questions that they ask because their fan base only goes to their site and they have to ask them so like they... they are the number one source of whatever material they need? Or do you feel like they actually should go to other sites, do their research before they go into questions and not ask the exact same questions to these fighters? I don't know a ton that goes into journalism, but what I feel like is that people write headlines and then how they want to write their headlines, they extrapolate a question from that. 
Yeah, I guess that's true. So, like, with Tyrone Woodley and the, the last 205 card especially, like, Connor said he wants your belt. What do you say about that? And then whatever the context is of how he responds, they can write a headline. But they write that. the headline first. So, like, for example. Connor wants Tyrone's belt. Yeah, it's <clears throat> so and or like this is what I would think, for example, because I hate I was thinking about that today. I really hate sports interviews. I was listening to a football one and I was like, why does anybody sit around and watch these? Like there is there's no edification from it. It was the Doug Baldwin one on for the Seahawks. It was a, like he was very uh, well spoken and everything, but it was just dumb, like not from anything that he did. It's just it's a dumb, dumb premise. You can't keep get too in depth because the fan base doesn't understand. But anyways, I was thinking of it more like this. Like you get a headline on Bleacher Report that says uh, family family problems holding Aaron Rodgers back. And I didn't actually read the article because I don't care. Mm-hmm. But I assume you could ask a question of Aaron Rodgers like this. Uh, is are you having trouble with your family? Cause he's having trouble with his family right now. Yeah. It's, it's probably, got my head. It's got my head spinning. Boom. All of a sudden we get to write about like that headline. That's there's, I feel like you write the headline, then you write the question. You don't write the question. And then what the athlete yeah. says, you write the headline. Well, I mean, if he wasn't Speaking using, uh, what is it? The, the golf, the golf court, the golf club club in the house, you know, obviously your wife's not going to be happy with you. If you uh, put a hole through, not that ago. family is his brother. Oh well, then. And he doesn't have a wife. He has an Olivia Munn. Uh, she, she looks kind of like an alien, very hot alien. Yeah. All right, I'll give you that. Foreign alien. I still, I'm like, you know, foreign alien. Foreign alien. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just, and I try not to. I mean, coming from not a journalistic background of any by any means, but like. Just going into an interview, you feel like you should give that person the respect of knowing who they are and what answers, what things they've answered over and over and over again. Like the whole, who do you want to fight next? Obviously, those things in any context after certain amounts of times make sense. Like, oh, yeah, who would you like to fight next? But how, how in-depth can you get before it starts getting creepy? What do you mean? Like you start asking them questions oh, yeah. like really in-depth. They're like... Uh, well, stay in my personal life. Let's just keep this about the sports. No, but Go. like what have you been reading lately? Like... A specific question that no one asked, like we always they always joked about with musicians it always be like no one's asked how I've been lately <laughs> like or what I've been into lately like people get you're sick. not paid to go ask them how they've been lately though like no I don't mean think that. about a presser and you're sitting here with a ton of people it's your turn up and you go how you been lately it's different when it's a one on one interview yeah 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 no and I understand that when I look at some of the ones. <laughs> I think everyone should ask more questions like the one guy that wasn't a journalist. They got his hand up and then was like, hey, uh, Eddie Alvarez, what are you going to do when Conor McGregor beats you this weekend? And everyone started cheering and he was like, eh, <laughs> or whatever. You know, Did you see that press? I did, yeah. Yeah, that's what, I think that's how it should be. Well, the one that he was like, you keep talking about Conor not having a gas tank and you've only went the distance twice or something like that since yeah. you've since been back to the UFC. And you didn't look good in either of them. Yeah. Or you lost both of them or something like that. What are you going to do when he beat you? Blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was going to get booted and then he didn't. They just had him sit down and they didn't give a rip. But like. I like, wish we had more interviewers like the uh, guy that threw a shoe at George Bush. Yeah. We need exactly. to get them more interactive. We can't just let the fighters be throwing stuff. What get are your the, shoes out. One of the thing that the other things that really annoys me is how many people are taking shots at Ariel Hawani. Like I understand. Like. Ariel Hawani's show is boring. Like, 
if it wasn't for him getting a whole bunch of MMA fighters on there and asking them questions like ours, I mean, if we had MMA fighters on here every week, we'd get a lot more viewership and stuff like that, and we really should. But, like, Ariel Hawani, when him and New York Rick just talk, like, the first, like, 30 minutes and the last 30 minutes, I usually don't listen to it. Well, um, to, but ahead, let sorry. me make my point real quick, sorry, because I don't want to just bash on him. But he's put in so much time and so much effort in order to build these relationships and in order to get a, a four-hour show. And so, like, these guys on, on Twitter who we really like, um, taking shots at him and telling him that, that uh, maybe you should cry about it to get his credentials back and weird things like that. Like, I understand if you don't like him or you don't like his interview concept or how he talks or kind of how boring he is when there's not a, a fighter on. But you have to at least respect how long he's been in the game and how – he actually gets the interviews that everyone wants to listen to every week. And it, it, it kind of irritates me how little respect that the, the, like the new era of MMA, like Twitter journalists are, are getting. So a couple problems with people, if I don't really pay attention to that, but if they are complaining that his show is boring, first off, it's called the MMA hour and because it was hours. an hour. Yeah. And then it was asked to go longer multiple times. And he did. And uh, then it went all the way up to when he was with MMA fighting and he's got such a good Rolodex. He can fill up the hour. He I'm not also, saying that they're saying that he. They're not saying his show is boring. They're saying that he is boring. But or he just that, asked the questions that you mentioned. That I'm not saying you're critical of him. I'm saying if they're saying that, if people are like, well, we want to hear more about how the fighters are doing. Most of his questions are substantive. They they yeah, actually yeah. have substance to them. I learn more from his interviews than anybody yes. else. On top of that, if you don't want to watch other parts of the interview, he timestamps everything. I feel like time in as well. He knows these guys personally. He's talked to them for so long. He doesn't have to go back through the old questions. No. He can actually queue up old interviews and be like, hey, remember two years ago we talked about this. Do you still feel the same? Or this is a difference from there until now. Like, I remember when I talked about like I wanted to do almost like an index so that people, if they wanted to jump around. To, yeah. Well, this is when we were more topical. But when we were doing from topic to topic, like go back through and time stamp it and tell them verbally how it would go. And that, that, would, that would be too hard to do. But uh, he actually does it in the description, which is genius. So, like, if you only want to listen to John Cavanaugh and Conor McGregor, which we know those are the big mm -hmm. jaws and you, draws, he gives you the timestamp. You don't have to listen to the whole thing. So as far as I like his interviews a lot, but I also do think it's boring. I'm not going to sit there and listen to the whole thing. Yeah. I'd much rather do a Joe Rogan where he occasionally talks about MMA but then jumps to something else and goes mm -hmm. all over the place where I can learn stuff about stuff I don't know about. Anyways, I think that's just people looking for something to complain about. If you don't like his show, don't listen. Yeah, or if you don't like him for whatever reason, like you don't have to listen to his show, but he's going to get the most viable guests. Um, speaking of MMA podcasts, did you hear Eddie Alvarez on Chel Sonnen? No. So apparently, I didn't listen to the whole thing. Um, it was shared on Reddit. They said it was just a heartbreaking interview because he was like, he's a lot faster than I thought. He's like, I didn't think he was going to be anywhere near as fast as he did. He's like, the first left hand that hit me and, and put me on my butt. He's like, I didn't see it coming. And he's like, and after that, I should have wrestled better. You know, I should have circled. <laughs> and one of the things that I mentioned, and I don't know if you remember this, I was like, why does he keep circling towards his, his left hand? Like, why does he keep circling towards his dominant hand? You're not supposed to do that. And that's one of the things. And I know very little about actual MMA training. Let me just throw that out there right now. But I know well enough that you don't circle towards the power hand. And I thought it was really interesting that he kept circling towards the power hand. If you're up against the cage with him, though, like we talked about the Chad Mendez fight, you yeah. can't really circle away from yeah, him because yeah, yeah. he will expose himself and he's fast enough mm -hmm. that he can st – that's still one of the most amazing shots I've ever seen because he gives 
his whole body up. He get, everything is exposed. Yeah, because he, he just reaches forward. He, he fully extends. And to get like enough leverage into it, leverage is probably not the right word. Like momentum, he's almost doing like the axe chop motion with his other hand. He doesn't keep it tucked to his chin. Like his left hand's coming across. This hand's going. His right hand's going down, and everything's exposed. If Chad expects that in any way and can dodge that, Connor's going to the ground, and it's a much different fight, but he's that good at precision. And so, yeah, I mean, and he talks about that. He's like, I should have been, he said, I should have been circling the other way to, to, to scare him a little bit more for the takedowns. He's like, I should have gotten closer for my takedowns. And he's like, he's just a lot faster. And his whole demeanor during the interview was like, if I could do that all over again. I would do a 100% different. Mm -hmm. And I mean, talking to my brother, Sean, who once again is not on this podcast. Standard ducking us as always. Um, he, uh, he talked about the quickness and I can't remember what I was going to say. What what did Sean talk? You were talking about Eddie Alvarez and training, right? And how he would do everything a hundred percent different. Oh yeah. And uh, Sean said he got in his head and I said, I don't think he got in Eddie's head. And he's like, Oh, he definitely got in his head. So what are your thoughts? You think Connor actually got in Eddie's head? He didn't seem to have before the fight. I don't think he was in his head till he clicked with that first left. And then I think he was in his head. I don't know. I, I, I He's... He, he, there's so many people... Like, you either think that Connor is convincing or you don't. Mm-hmm. And pretty much, he's a, from people like me, he's undeniable at this point. When I watch that... But, that punch come in right almost to his nose and miss, and then he lands that combination in the fight, like... Somebody made us a super saiyan of him, too, which was awesome. The, the Super appreciative of that. Donald Cerrone one was way better. But, um, no, so he, uh, it's getting undeniable for people like me that are just saying that, you know, I don't think he has the tools to carry either of those divisions very far. Now I'm a complete believer at 145. I don't know who would beat him at 145, but I think Habib could. Um, but with that being said. He's up he, till May. Yeah, I heard that. But, and which is. That the what they would have like a month to do the fight then at that time because of is it Ramadan or is that in July June yeah yeah so they'd have about a month so I think it changes every year to a certain aspect of like lunar calendar uh-huh. but I'm not absolutely sure it's either June or July I just think that everybody looks at him and they think he's so easy to 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 beat he doesn't have a good base he doesn't have good jujitsu ju- all we have to do is take him down and then for some reason people want to sit there and stand with him. Um, or because they want to punch that expression up his smug face. But I mean, Chad Mendez took him down. Yep, Nate did a couple times. I mean, he can be taken down, but why? He's just so like Mendez gassed. He's a spatial genius, and that's what yep. it's. Yep, he knows how much distance to keep and when, so that you can't shoot. And it's 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 almost. I mean, it comes with a lot of hard work, but it almost just seems innate too. It's like Messi. Messi doesn't do anything flashy, but he's so effective. Mm-hmm. And Connor does do flashy things. I was going to just say that. But Messi does too. But, like, it's more impressive the basic stuff that he does all the time. And that sets up the flashy stuff. But it's like, how many kicks have you seen him thrown recently? He did the kicks on Nate's leg, but other than that... But he trained. He even admits that he doesn't throw a lot of kicks. No, he doesn't. That he had to train to throw kicks on, on Nate. He's been tearing people to pieces with his hands. Because mm-hmm. everybody... Like, I would always think of him as a karate guy, and I was watching his last, what, three fights, and I'm like, he doesn't kick that much. Yeah. He uh, did Nate's leg a yeah. ton, but... Because he had to, to, mm-hmm. to, to stop how quick Nate was. And I think that's why he had such an issue with Nate, because Nate was finally someone that had as much precision and speed as he did in boxing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
because Nate's Nate's boxing's quick. I mean, it doesn't look like that, but he's very precise. But moving on to the uh, FS1 card, the, the Sao Paulo Brazil card, your boy uh, Warley Alves lost again. That's two in a row. Damn it! I like him. Yeah, he uh, he was supposed to be the next big thing off of that. Uh, no, I don't think he no because that Bellator card was at the same time, mm. and he was at the Bellator card. Uh, Jotko won again. He was the underdog. He beat Talos Latis, which is big for him because I think Talos Latis is like number 13 in that division, so mm-hmm. he'll move up. Uh, Claudia Gadelia versus uh, Casey. I want to say Connor Casey, but that's the uh, that's the guy that just went to Bellator. Uh, but anyway, Casey looked really good in her last fight. She actually looked good against Gadelia. She stand and, and traded with her. She was able to transition out from the from the bottom, and we all know that Gadelia is, you know, she's a number one in that division and she was super nice. Gadelli was afterwards. She said she thinks that she should be ranked and um, she's got a bright future ahead of her and, but she's, you know, she's the best in that division, you know, or one of the best in that division. Mm-hmm. So I like Claudia. I was, it was actually kind of a boring fight, um, but she appreciate she, that. We'll do a double sometime. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we'll go out together. Thanks. Um, and then Almeida Morales. I was actually super impressed with Morales coming in with six Oh and one Almeida's what? 21, and won the loss only to Cody Garbrandt and Morales went out balls to the wall in the first round and actually, you know, looked like he had a pace. He couldn't keep up. And that was kind of the issue where it was like, if he doesn't finish it in the first round, he's going to eventually have to slow down and, and, and fight. Um, and when he did, Almeida picked him apart, put him against the fence. And it was really annoying because the ref, one of the Brazilian refs, I'm not sure who it was. It was one of those where he had him against the fence and they're out on their feet and they just continue to punch him and punch him and punch him. Until he finally landed a body shot and it dropped Morales, but he was already out on his feet. But they wouldn't, they didn't call the fight because he just was standing there. And so they should have called it before they did. Hats off to Morales for coming in against Thomas Almeida, someone, you know, going from an unranked opponent, um, or going from his second fight in the UFC against Thomas Almeida is, is huge. And the kid's got a bright future. And it was really, really exciting to watch. And then, of course, Bader Noguera, Noguera, who's 40 years old. He looked 55, just looked awful. Um, I mean, he's still in better shape than me, and I, I'll give that to him. But, like, very big of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's still in better shape than I am. But, like, it, his transitions were still decent, but Bader was just the bigger fighter, and he could just lay on him. And so he didn't. you didn't see a lot of BJJ transitions and different things like that. To, to He wasn't fighting for submissions or anything. Like, he just, he just looked done. Um, he didn't retire, though. However, Manny Gamborian did. So I did get Saw one. That. I did get one retirement on this card. And you guys, you know how much I love retirements. You, yeah, you love them more than finishes. Misha Tate last week retired. I was going to ask you something this week, Manny Gamborian, because you said somebody's record they had a no contest on it. So I was thinking back to the Tyron Woodley, um, Stephen Thompson, Stephen Thompson fight. Would they just consider it a no contest? Think about this. If one judge gave it to Woodley, one judge gave it a tie, and one judge gave it to uh, Thompson, would it just be a no contest? It would just be a no contest. Because there's no majority. So it's like... There's still no, yeah, there's still no majority decision. No, it wouldn't be because... It'd just be a no contest. It'd just be a no contest. Cause that's that's why, like one of the only fights that I think that ever could have happened. Because you could have picked one way or another. Maybe that's what that's what happened with Frankie Edgar, right? Because it was five rounds, it and it was no, they tied. They outright oh, tied. Oh, it wasn't one judge, one judge, and then no, no, the middle out, judge did a they outright tied. Huh? I'm pretty sure. 
I'll have to go. It was that was yeah. You're talking about the Gray Maynard, Frankie Edgar yeah. too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, the the first one. Oh no, no two. No, no, yeah, one. because the first one Gray Maynard beat him. The second one where he was like, I and then that's even... what got him the BJ Penn fight. Yeah, and then he got injured, and then Frankie goes in and beats BJ, and then fights BJ, and then fights Frankie or Gray, and then Gray again, and then Ben, and then Ben. That was a nutty division yeah. for a while. Yeah, super nutty. Where Frankie Edgar fought for the belt like five times without ever like actually like having the belt <laughs> other than when he beat BJ Penn the second time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he didn't get enough. He didn't get the respect he deserved after the first one, which to be fair, like it was BJ Penn and it was a super close fight. And uh, so then he fought him again, beat him more handily. And then he fought gray and that was a no contest. And I was, so there was, there was six title fights that he had, but only three opponents in that amount of time. Right. Yeah. Because it was Gray Maynard, BJ Penn, and Ben no, Anderson. But in order, BJ Penn, BJ Penn, Gray, Gray, Ben. No. No, no, no. He fought people no. but since. It was Gray Maynard, Gray Maynard, BJ Penn, BJ Penn. Oh, no, no, it wasn't. Ben it was, Henderson, Ben but Henderson. But that wasn't. The Gray Maynard wasn't a title no, fight. Ben Henderson. Yeah, no, it wasn't. The first one wasn't. So, yeah. No, no. That Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was, it was BJ Penn, BJ Penn, Gray Maynard, Gray Maynard. Yes, because they had the no contest, yeah, and then yeah, he yeah, beat yeah, yeah. Gray Maynard in the fourth round yep, with a knockout. You're, you're right. But I, did he fight Ben Henderson right after that? Yep, because and he, then lost, he fought him again, and he said, "I've had to give all of these other guys, uh, all of these other guys, rematches. I deserve a rematch." There was nobody in between, right? Mm-hmm. That's dude. That was. I want to go back and watch all of those fights for all of those guys, like just leading up to it from the WEC to the merger, just like one afternoon, just all of them. It the was. WC. I remember so I, I awesome. worked in a hospital. And I would take my lunch break. So I worked from 2 to 11 at night. And I would take my dinner break at like 7 o'clock at night. And the WEC was always on. And that's where I first saw Chel Sonnen and Dominic Cruz and Uriah Faber and mm-hmm. Cub Swanson and Demacio Page. Like basically, I would take my lunch break and it just happened to be on. And it was always it was back when it was on Spike. So after a certain time of night, they would just do a whole bunch of replays. So I got Jose Aldo. Um, and I actually watched uh, Chel Sonnen fight and beat Paulo T- now Paulo Filio, who eventually became really addicted to to prescription drugs and ended up ruining his career. Like he was the next big thing. Like just a phenom, one of those people. Like John Jones, he was just really good, athletically good, but had so many demons that he. Chel says he was the best middleweight ever, or at the time, anyways. Um, he didn't make weight. He actually in the Chel Sonnen title fight. He fought a lot more people. That I thought before he fought BJ from Gray Maynard, he fought um, Hermes France Franca 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 Sean Shirk and then Matt Matt Veach and then BJ Penn. Actually, yeah, I thought it was almost immediate after that. No, 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 no. The first the first time he lost the, to Gray Maynard, he had to he fought his way back up, mm-hmm. and then Gray Maynard I don't think fought that many people in between, and then he was like, "Why am I fighting this guy again?" Because Gray Maynard's from like season five of The Ultimate Fighter. Yes, he is. And he, was very good and it was extreme couture and he I, that's another dude that just fell really far really fast I mean he lost like four in a row just recently and then he, he, old, he just so got f- his last one hmm. he just won his last fight he uh, yeah he actually stayed super active too yeah he had a lot of split decisions though in that time but he fought Rich Clement Jim Miller Roger Huerta Nate Diaz Kenny Florian before he got to fight Frankie. Jeez. Well, you beat all those people, right? Yeah, some of them were split, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about one thing I'm kind of irritated with? Unless you've got another point to make about that. 
They had two cards on the same date. And I understand that they filled them with Brazilians and they filled them with Europeans. But, man, talk about two really boring – not boring cards. The cards themselves were fine. But, like, talk about two cards I had little to no interest in. Yep. They had rematches at the top of both cards. We knew Bader was going to win. I had a pretty good feeling that Gegard Musasi was going to change his game up and was going to beat Uriah Hall because he's a top 10. You know, I think he'd – He'll probably get a, a, a title shot after one of these next guy lo- next guys lose, but I really had no interest in watching almost. I didn't even know Claudia Gadelli was on the Sao Paulo Brazil fight until I started watching it, and she was the, the the next fight on the roster. You know what I mean? Like if she asks, I definitely watched. Yeah, and yeah, of course I did, baby. Um, and then of course this next one in Melbourne as well. Like Whitaker Brunson's a great fight, and a lot of these like oh I look at these and Kyle Noak. Um, Khalil Roundtree finally in his first fight after the Ultimate Fighter. Um, a lot of people are excited to see Ham fight in the. I think they're in the 115 division. Justin Tuck's on here. Like I recognize the names Walsh, but I really have no in. Like this doesn't make me want to stay home on Saturday and watch these fights. No, and especially at 10 p.m. Like you figure that they would be 7 p.m. Eastern time, so they will be a little bit earlier. It'll start at five, which is great. I'm glad that they're actually starting a little bit earlier. I, I when the Fox deal's over, if they don't renew, I kind of just hope they end up do putting all of those on Fight Pass so I can go back and watch them. But I really don't think they want to do that. Oh, which ones? All the Fox ones. Yeah, that way, like they could just put them on immediately, and I can just go watch them. They should eventually they should do what like the WWE does where you pay $20 a month and you get all the pay-per-views and all the fights and the pay-per-views are on there the next day if you miss them like I guess not pay-per-views they have like their own run system and they can't now because they make a lot but when Conor McGregor is bringing in so much money that they can just have you pay through 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 fight pass you know yeah they don't need it anymore I don't necessarily like ordering pay-per-views I guess I don't really order pay-per-views anymore but, um, I mean, yes, I do. The uh, <laughs> UFC and everyone else that may or may not be watching, listening to this, which you're not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and then Vera, Marlon Vera from the uh, South American dude. Like, I just, I just, this card doesn't excite me. And I'm really excited to see Whitaker and Brunson. And I'm glad that the fights will be earlier than, than usual. But, Oh no! Oh, seven p.m. Eastern time, so it'll be at eight. So these are normal. T- these are this is a normal time card. So I take that back. So that means they won't fight till eleven thirty. And chances are, I won't stay up till eleven thirty this Saturday to watch these fights. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And I'm really excited for this. I mean, Brunson, I really like Whitaker. I really like. I'm really excited for that that fight. And Australia did well against the UK when they had the season of the Ultimate Fighter. I mean, the Australian fighters are good, solid fighters. But holy cow! I just don't have a, a whole lot of interest. And after this, tough 24. And I do because, you know, DJ's on there and he's going to be fighting probably Tim Elliott. And Cejudo and Benavidez will fight, and I'm excited about that. But the rest of that card, I'm not super excited for either. I just feel, and then Albany with Derek Lewis, like that main card I'm excited for. But they're really like, I feel like a lot of these upcoming cards, if you're not really invested in the, the up-and-coming fighters of the of the UFC, I mean, okay, I take that back. For FS1 card with DJ versus probably Tim Elliott, Benavides Cejudo, Ellenberger, Masvidal, those three I'm excited for. Maynard versus Hall, the guy that won the, the last Ultimate Fighter, the BJJ guy, 
who's a really boring fighter to watch because he just plays human backpack, and then Moreno for the first fight. Like DJ's got to already know who he's fighting, right? I would guess that he does. He has to because they keep bringing him on the show. There's no way that he doesn't. You know what we should do is hop on uh, his Twitch channel and be like, how do you feel to be fighting Tim Elliott and see how he responds to it? He just wouldn't respond. We can do it. I'm, I'm totally down. I well, love DJ. He just wouldn't respond. We all remember my favorite DJ moment. I asked him if he was going to be fighting Dominic Cruz. He said no. So he he, he responded to that. And then, but he, he, there's NDAs. You know that. He's oh, not yeah. Gonna, no, he's absolutely. just going to ignore he's it. Gonna, but on the ultimate fight, he was playing um, UFC 2. And they're talking about celebrations, and he was creating a character to, to have his celebration. And I asked him if the one that John Jones's celebration was him snorting coke. <laughs> he read it and got a pretty big kick out of it. He didn't point it out. But well, he, he looks at it. I know. He, I know he responds to like he's very active in his yeah. in his chat, but he wouldn't. He he thought it was pretty funny. He wouldn't respond That's to it. That's Still my favorite. My favorite Twitch moment. Um, but yeah, Justin, I mean, the guy that hated Twitch. Yeah, that's not what my boss or my job is. UFC, Beautiful platform. UFC Albany, Niganau. I'm excited for that. Niganu. Niganu, thank you. Every damn time. Pat Cummins. So these are all heavyweights. Asuncial versus Sterling. That's an exciting fight. Anderson versus O'Connell. I'm sorry, O'Connell. Anderson's going to end you. Probably end your freaking career. Brown. I mean, I reckon. There's your Sanchez right there from the last Ultimate Fighter. The guy that won, right? Sanchez won. 23? Wait, hold on. 23. Andrew Sanchez. El What are we looking at? <laughs> His name is Andrew El Sanchez. We're looking at the Albany card. I guess I can just click on his name right here. I'm about positive he won Tough 23. Uh, okay. Yeah. Khalil, uh, no, maybe not. He beat Khalil... Khalil Roundtree on ESPN's calling. Justin ESPN's probably telling me that the uh, that the Utes oh no the Jazz lost. Sorry, Jazz. It <sighs> says the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, the Ultimate Fighter. I think he won the Ultimate. He beat Khalil Roundtree, who lost to his buddy on it. Yep, Sanchez. I'm trying to think of for whoops, I put in twenty four. I can't remember that season now. I remember Khalil, but I. And you remember, I remember you saying how good of a, a fighter Andrew Sanchez was. And he, he, after a little bit of time, he could actually be a competitor. Oh, he's the BJJ guy. I was thinking, like, I was in my uh, assumptions, I was, like, thinking, like, Hispanic-looking guy. But he's the <laughs> one that looks incredibly uh, Forrest Griffin-ish. Yeah. That's into BJJ. He looks, um, like a, he looks like a mixture between Luke Rockhold and Forrest Griffin. Yeah, that's yes, yes. I think he's going to be a guy that you don't necessarily like to watch because I think he's going to backpack. He's a, he's a big backpack though. He was he should go down. What, what's he fighting at? Do you have it there? Uh, let me click the one seventy because he was doing. I think that was the one eighty five. No, I don't see it. I don't see. It. Yeah, he was fighting yeah. two hundred five originally. He'll, he should be fighting at one eighty five. Why do they not tell me what what? Wait, they're fighting at 185. There it is. Yeah, they did I tell because I just wasn't patient. You guys, they did tell me what weight they were fighting at. He didn't cut weight at 205. Yeah, I was trying to think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. I got it. I remember Andrew. I was gonna say you told me about him. Oh, 
fighters. The uh, featured fighter on UFC.com just happens to be Conor McGregor. Who would have thought? No. <laughs> that guy? He doesn't get any push, any media push from the from the UFC. Then we've got UFC 206 when we finally, December 10th, when we finally get back into the, the pay-per-view cards. And that one's good. Cormier Johnson, Holloway Pettis, Cerrone Brown, Evans Kennedy, Swanson Choi, Krilov, Serkinov, Letourneau, Mekadesi, Venata's back. Yep, the main card's good. The undercard's kind of lacking. Drew Dober's there. Dust, uh, not Dustin Ortiz. Who's this guy? Ortiz. Yeah, no, it is Dustin Ortiz. I feel like he's been gone a while. I was hoping it was Big Poppy. I was hoping it was... <laughs> he, transitioned, he transitioned over. So what's the biggest news right now in, in MMA? Uh, Chandler. Chandler versus Ben Henderson. Made a, a nasty suplex. I need to go back and watch it, actually. Haven't seen it yet. I did watch the suplex over and over and over again. Let's keep in mind how awful 206 possibly could have been if oh, they yeah. wouldn't have gained those two fights. Because it seems... Oh, yeah, no. The, the huge conversation change right here. Um, could have been terrible. It sounds like they were building everything off of GSP. And GSP was like, nope, not going to do it. Cormier like, Johnson, uh, Swanson Choi. Cerrone Brown. No, that, oh, but that boy, wouldn't have been yeah. on it. And Evans then we Kennedy would've, wouldn't have been on it. They would have been Cormier Johnson, Holloway Pettis, and Swanson Choi. Those they would have the got older prob- ones that were announced. I honestly think since maybe conspiracy theory on my end, but I feel like there wasn't anything wrong with Evans or Kennedy. No, they just moved it. They mm-hmm. didn't really talk about it much, did they? And they could have probably gotten Cerrone somebody. Um, because you know he wanted to fight. Oh yeah, and it, but it, yeah. They, they, I'm not saying there's a conspiracy with Gastelum. He missed weight like he always yeah. did, and there's no way that he would he would like they would make a narrative like, oh, you're gonna miss weight, and we'll reimburse you because your name just gets trashed at that point. Yeah, but um, I do think that Evans Kennedy got moved on purpose, and then they just took a they took a chance with Cerrone and Brown, or they took a opportunity. One of the interesting things about the cards from this weekend is Neil Siri's uh, fight got pu- pu- called off with Ian McCall. Ian McCall's now missed like four out of seven of his last fights. Mm-hmm. Um, he w- he went in and he weighed in because he still needed to get his show money, and apparently they're making them weigh in to get their show money now. Which fine, whatever you whatever you decide. However, apparently Reebok wasn't going to pay him the five thousand dollars, and he was like Reebok. What's going on? And they're like, oh, we don't choose who gets paid our money and who doesn't. To Reba- who? To Neil Siri. Well, I heard that's what they did to uh, Ariel Hawani reported on it. On, well, yes. he came out on Twitter, too, because he talked to Sage Northcutt's dad. And he's like, they just had a very extensive interview with the uh, Reebok representative. And they were also told that they don't decide where the money goes. Which is interesting, because why set up tiers of who gets paid after so many fights if Reebok's not actually deciding that? You know what I mean? Like, this is how the Reebok sponsorship works based on how the, the UFC decides to redistribute their wages. You know? Like, it's, it's, it's completely awful. arbitrary. So the UFC said, hey, this is how we should best use this in order to get us through to twenty six or 2018 or whatever it is. It's awful. I, just, I don't get it. Because you know Connor's not getting paid what other people do. I don't, I don't mean to always bring up Connor, but, like, you think of how big of a draw he is. And, yes, he is a champion. I wonder, do they pay him double for being a champion? Or is it only tenure? Are you talking Reebok? Yeah. I don't know about champions. Um, well, anyways, if it's... But he's not sponsored by Reebok outside of the UFC. No, but, right? I mean, but he gives his, he gets the money from him. No, I don't know that, and but, I mean... 
just think of how much money he brings and he's just not getting it back for the one sponsorship that oh yeah like it's he would make so much money on sponsorship money it's stupid Oh, well, look at George St. Pierre. That's why he didn't fight on 206 is because Under Armour was paying him so much that he was like, nope. And the Bellator, that's what I wanted to move it forward to. Like Bellator is courting him big time, big time. It was a, it was such a – I hate to always rail on Reebok, but it was such a smart move, but it was executed so poorly. You know it's bad, though. The, the, the relationship between the UFC and Reebok is bad when Reebok comes out and it says, we don't decide how that money's spent. Like, do they actually have to come out and publicly address the accusations that are being thrown their way? Because most companies would just keep their mouth shut and not, and not say anything. Well, they kind of, I mean, they didn't do it publicly, though. Uh, well, I mean, with Sage Northcott, and I guess Ariel Hawani can. Uh, yeah, no, I guess that's true. They, like, if they had a representative call, I mean, we don't know what was said behind doors, but it's, we're just taking two, from what I understand now, two, two different interpretations yep. of it, which seems to line up. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just. It's, it was executed so poorly. Do you think the UFC is causing issues in tension? I mean, you, obviously Reebok by spelling things wrong and leaving Northern Ireland off of, you know, Ireland T-shirts and all kinds of weird junk. Like, but with the, the pay and different things like that, do you feel like the UFC is not protecting them because they figure they can get a, a good deal if Reebok's name has kind of been drugged through the mud the next time they, they re-up? No. I don't think that there's that much intention going into it. I just think it's it's an awful apparel company getting teamed up with a very young sports company that never had been into the big time, and it's their first major deal. They're both pretty awful at it. Hey, at least they have different colored uniforms now. But we still have to deal with them having uniforms. Yeah, well, I'd, any sport is going to potentially have uniforms, and we disagree on this. I think having Condom Depot on your butt is dumb. I'm for a free market and I'm for people making their own money. Yeah. Yes and no. I think you should have a list of sponsors that these guys can work with. And if they're big enough, those sponsors will pay them. And if they're not, then they can at least try and get in with a representative. That's what management and and agents are for, right? You have an agent to go talk to these guys to get you legitimate sponsorships. I don't want Dan's tires to give you $5,000 in order to wear a, a tire on your shorts. Like I wanted to be more professional than that. Why? Because it's a it's a legitimate sport. I mean, look at look at soccer, right? Soccer has to have legitimate sponsors to put on their to put on their jerseys. Those sponsors are paying a lot of money each year to be seen on those soccer jerseys. It's the exact same concept. In lower leagues, though, they're not lower fires. Yeah, but they, the, they need but to get the money UFC where they can. Is, I guess they're all trying to make yeah. their money. They got to even more so than when it's more for the lower end fighters, they got to make their rent way. It's way more difficult for them to make their rent than, than the guys on top that are going to get their Reebok money. They're going to get their show money anyways, but the guys on the bottom, they need condom depot. Unfortunately, I mean, it's a joke and it's funny, but at the end of the day, if you're trying to squeeze, you know, juice out of the lemon, you will store and condom depot and you will get it from wherever you can. And I understand maybe there's certain things that you don't want, like, you know. But, like, uh, legitimate brands. Look at Jacao and the Acai Company. Like, the companies from Brazil that are really well off that are sponsoring some of those Brazilian fighters in the States. Like, I feel like you can. They're sponsoring them not in the States. They're sponsoring them there. They get on television on Globo yeah, 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 yeah. there. That's not that they don't care about the, the states. US. I guess that's true. I mean, they get that's added that's added coverage, but yeah. they they get on Globo. They're seen by tens of millions of people every time they put out a show because they don't have pay per view. But how many times have you gone on and bought a product that you saw some UFC fighter wearing? It's on not the points. 
even Bellator. Like not the point. We talked to the guy from Future Fighter. How many, what Reebok did you buy know. since they got it? None. But I would. I don't wear Reebok. Exactly. And Reebok. It's not for you. There's a couple things that I've seen since then where I've been like, oh, there's a couple things that Reebok's put out that are pretty cool. Like I bought my shirts. last Reebok thing ever when I was at the yeah at the actual event. When I was at the event, I have shoes that I really like, and I haven't seen anything that I've liked since then. And Reebok just simply doesn't put out good stuff. Anyways, it's not like I. And that was just because I was at an event and I knew I didn't like the shirt that they brought to Utah, but I knew that it was something to commemorate that mm-hmm. event. Um, I don't know when the next time we'll get one. So all I'm saying is, is yeah, that it doesn't look professional. And when am I going to buy something from Condom Depot? Never. When am I going to buy something from <laughs> uh, Larry's Tires? Never. That's not the point. I'm worried more about. I'm not worried about me purchasing. I'll make my own decisions. But I do want Court McGee to get money where he can. Yeah. Because he only fights what once every year now. Yeah, and I understand. I understand that. I like. I like the uniforms. I just don't like how they're like. Uh, no one can do a Reebok and Monster, and no one can do this except for this and this. Like, it seems so arbitrary. You know what I mean? Every so often, these dudes will have like TNT or, or somebody else will have something on their shorts that it's like, oh, it's an approved sponsor, or like the UFC can can get spon- the UFC can take sponsorships into the ring and by Harley Davidson and from Monster and from all of those and from movies that are coming out but the fighters can't exactly like, let the fighters go get a whatever the to the bone or whatever the fight movie is and let them get shorts that are sponsored or inspired by that movie and let the movie pay them to wear it on their shorts like well, that, there's ways the that they can the, still go about it through the, the sponsors of the UFC you know what I mean so you're working with the exact but same But if you put sponsors. it on Reebok, Reebok sees it as they are now complicit in whatever happens. Say that the movie comes out and it's a bad movie. It's the racist. Ch- chances are it will be. Like, what's that? Chances are it will be. Right, but the, yeah. they don't necessarily... It's not a Reebok ring, right? If it's next to a Reebok logo on shorts. I mean, that's how I feel like they're seeing I, it. It's I, stupid. I understand, yeah. And I don't agree with... And that, and that maybe not like... That's maybe completely inaccurate. It could possibly be... If I just think it's the worst deal ever. Do away with... Yeah. We wouldn't have gotten... Think of like... Think of like the Chuck Liddell shorts. The Iceman. Him having the icicles down in shorts. Yeah. We don't get those. Um, we don't get the... I don't know. Like... The, George St. Pierre really small shorts. Mm-hmm. Under like, Armour shorts. It's all just uniform and it's... And it's it just, just a machine over and over again. It just irritates me that the, the UFC can go get whatever sponsors it wants to put in the ring, but the fighters can't get whatever sponsors they want to put on their shorts. If you remember the original UFC game, part of it was getting sponsors as you fought your way up and then putting their logos and stuff on your shorts to get more money to be able to, to pay for better training. Like, mm-hmm. even the game itself told you how UFC fighting worked. Like, you get these sponsors, you put their stuff on your shorts, and they pay you. To put that there, and you can pay for your training based on these sponsors. I don't know. I almost feel like it's more akin. It's more akin to like a stand-up comedian than to sports. You almost have to have the rite of passage where you go through the awful, shitty sponsors, and like you have to wear those. Um, style <laughs> makes style makes matchups in MMA. Yeah. What I want to highlight with that is that style. MMA is all about style. Mm-hmm. You represent your BJJ background. Mm-hmm. You represent yourself. So you get Larry's tires. It's from North Michigan, wherever the hell it's from. You represent that area that South you're from. Michigan, but you're close. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. I, it, I know it looks kind of, it looks Bush League, but I'm honestly okay with it. It, it rep, It's representative of the fighters, and it's some way that they make money. And hopefully, eventually, they all get sponsors that they can agree with, because I guarantee you, 
90% of them, they don't agree or like Reebok at this point. Let Reebok make their uniforms, but allow them to at least work with the same sponsors that the UFC is working with. Like, that's all I'm saying. Let them have a Harley Davidson freaking thing on their butt or on their shorts or whatever it is. Like, if the UFC can make money from sponsors and don't just have to have a big Reebok logo in the middle of their ring, why not let those fighters use the exact same sponsors that the UFC is taking? Why not? They're already seeing it. It's already everywhere. So let the fighters get money. Just let them get 5000 from Reebok and 5000 from Harley and 5000 from freaking Monster. Let them get sponsors from all of those people. And the UFC can do it, and it's costing those companies millions of dollars to get their stuff in that ring. I would really like, if anybody out there that listens to us, if if you're in marketing, if you're in, I mean, even if, obviously, we probably, somebody that brokers those kind of deals to listen to our podcast, but if, there, if you follow that kind of stuff, you're in marketing and you have some insight where we're completely wrong, email us, te- uh, tweet us. Uh, text us. I'll give you Justin's number. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, I mean, I would be interesting to feel like if if anybody out there thinks that that this was actually a success at this point, I'd be interesting. I'd be interested in hearing about that. I wonder if Reebok's even actually made any money, and maybe we get Google search it, and Forbes would tell us, and maybe they've made money just being associated with the UFC, or maybe they planned on losing money for the first three years and then making money on the tail end, or making money on the second contract that was signed. Who knows? Um, so let's get I just, in. The, I think it's more just name recognition from there on out. As long as those clips are being played, the what? What are being played? Clips. Oh, okay. I think I said clips. <laughs> I can't find it. I'm not going to reference it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Thank you. Took me a second. Uh, no, I, I mean those are going to be there forever. Those are eternal at this point with the sport. The Conor McGregor knockouts, things like that. That's what you're paying for. We're... So let's moving on from that. Um, and that's always a discussion that will be had, I think, in the probably six-month increments every time something new comes out, either pro or or against Reebok. Uh, Matt Metrion versus Fedor Emelianenko. What do you think about that in Bellator? I don't care about it. Will, will you watch it? When is it? I don't know. We'll They've see. announced it, but I don't know when it actually is. <laughs> we'll see. And GSP being at the uh, being at the event, the Bellator events. You think it's a big deal? Yeah. That's a big deal. Luke Luke Rockhold was there too, instead of. But well, I mean, was, the event was in Sao Paulo, so no. He one's probably had somebody from his camp there. It's much bigger for GSP to be there when there's a UFC card going. He's a current UFC fighter Next that's only Scott been Coker. a UFC guy. It was Scott was there, Coker. Was there somebody from TriStar there? Uh, Rory was there, but I think they just fly him out to everything. It was a picture with Scott Coker, um, Fedor Emelianenko, GSP, and Rory Rory McDonald. They're they're pushing big time. And good. Yeah. Um, the hard part is, is GSP, or GSP, GSP fans are hardcore. UFC fans are fickle. If, if he goes over to Bellator, they're going to be like, well, his last four fights were boring in the UFC anyway. We didn't really care to see him fight again. And if he would have come back to the UFC, they would all be like, oh, GSP's back in the UFC. This is the greatest thing ever. He's going to come back and he's going to run through that division. You know, mm-hmm. and I, that's the one thing. It's like Ben Henderson. It was a huge deal when he left over to Bellator. And now everyone's like, UFC was on on top of things, letting him go. It's like, no, they weren't. He would still be top five in the UFC. He lost to Koshchev Koshchev because Koshchev was twice his size. He lost to Michael Chandler in what could be the fight of the year. Like, he would still compete in the 155 division easily. So it, it, it annoys me that 
it annoys me that people are like, see, the UFC seem to be some kind of soothsayers. And it's like, no, it's all about money. And he could get more money somewhere else. And so he left. Mm-hmm. And he knows later on in his career, if he wants to, he could probably come back to the UFC and make the same money if he, if he you know, goes downhill just a little bit. Matt Mitrioni wasn't going to make any more money. There's like five or six people that have moved. Connor Casey got cut by the by the UFC and went over the Bellator. Uh, Rory McDonald chose, but he's making more money in Bellator. And if GSP goes over, that means he can take his Under Armour contract, take some Viacom money, and he's going to be making more money in Bellator than he was in the UFC. And that's big. Because if they can pay GSP, they, Bellator themselves, can't pay GSP more money. But if he can keep his Under Armour contract, then that's huge. Ties right into what you are just talking about. Yep. Who's the problem of all of that? And it's not their fault necessarily. Not yeah, but Reebok, it, it was a bad deal. Reebok is the scapegoat. It could have been. It, it's not. It this, wouldn't have been Nike, but I mean, it could have been Under Armour, even though Under Armour is bigger. But it could have been Adidas. It could have been a lot of different other brands that were a little bit bigger than Reebok. Right. I'm just saying. It could have been Larry's tires buying out, and or it could have just even been the policy if they wouldn't have had such a stringent policy. I mean, it sounds like it Under Armour would have been a direct competitor. That was going to happen regardless. It sounds but. like it might not be Reebok's policy. It sounds like it might be Reebok being like, hey, this is what we prefer, and then the UFC actually, actually instituting it. I just don't it, understand. Because who finds the fighters? I don't know. Anyway, what are you going to say? I just I don't, don't understand. understand. Like you said, why can't you put like all like sponsors from the UFC on their shorts? I don't understand. As long as there's not a direct competitor like in sports apparel at all. And uh, why don't why can't you still put the boards up behind? I and, think it's stupid. Yeah, and why can I go? Why can I go onto the UFC website? Go to the DC versus Johnson page, and DC's got a monster logo on his shorts. You know he's making money for that. So why can't everyone go out to Monster and be like, "Hey, Monster, can I get sponsorship?" Conor McGregor, I think, has one other Monster or somebody else on his shorts too. Like, it's it's beyond me. And I mean, they are picking and choosing, and maybe Monster is. Maybe Monster's like, "Hey, we only want to, we only want to pay money to your champions." But like, what would happen if you covered? I know that they have a problem with putting on other stuff on the shorts, but what happened if you covered up the logo, took a sharpie to it? You, would they find you? It, yeah, I mean, if you get into my stuff, like we work a lot with the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. If you don't disclose fully that you are sponsored. So Reebok, having Reebok on you, knowing that it's a Reebok uniform and you're sponsored by Reebok, you can get seriously fined. If you cover up Reebok. So if they were to cover it up, the UFC might get in trouble because that person didn't disclose that they were being sponsored by Reebok. Or Reebok could fine them for whatever. You know what I mean? Like I was just wondering if they could. Um, because um, cause Paul's actually, I don't know if, if you guys ever, ever talked about this, but he's very strict. He won't wear anything with logos on stage. Not until they actually pay him. And if you don't have it, like if you don't agree with how you're getting paid from Reebok, if you just came out with like a blank canvas, I wonder how they'd feel about it. I mean, I, everybody still knows. I but. very rarely wear anything with logos as is. Like this is a Utah company that I've got on here. That like, was a gift too. This one's also got a, a Nike. Scott but, got uh, us both of those shirts. Mm-hmm. Mine's the white one, yours is the black one. And I've had it for like six years. Yeah, it's a long time yeah. ago. You know, and so it is what it is, but like. A lot of my shirts are from Express, but none of them have an Express logo. They're all mm-hmm. blanks, mm-hmm. you know? And so I actually, I don't like having logos on a lot of my stuff. Yeah. Um, but that's I, that. Lot, lots of different stuff coming up. We got five minutes. Anything you want to discuss in the next five minutes? Um, 
I think I'm good. I I'll do better at watching the cards. I don't say that every time, but it's just, hard though, man. These these last cards, I had no interest. I was home all day. I started watching them, and the, for the first time, I got bored. I fell asleep. I literally yeah. fell asleep. I turned on the the uh, fight pass and fell asleep. I mean, I invite. I watched some of the Invicta fights on Saturday and the UFC cards. I watched the University of Utah game and I played Watch Dogs too, and. I didn't watch. I I would I tuned back in intentionally for some certain fights, but I really had no interest in a lot of them. And I, honestly, we didn't miss much no. other than the suplex, and that was in Bellator. So it is what it is. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it. Um, if you have any questions or anything for us, hit us up on Twitter. Thank I would you really, guys. I would really like to hear about the marketing thing. If anybody has an idea, like if we're off base on the or me in particular, I would like to know if I'm off base on the Reebok, which I'm sure I am. Hit us up. And even if we don't do anything wrong, if you, you agree with us with something, let us know as well. Um, we had a shout-out about Carson eating crow last week on Twitter. Um, what? Just that he said, go listen to this. Go, oh. go listen to them eat some crow. Who said that? The guy on Twitter. You, got, you can't call me out. I should have actually <laughs> looked I it up and funny. shouted him out. I didn't know that, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be doing that a lot because I'll probably <laughs> always be a Connor defector. Or not defector because I was never part of it, but... And then I'll probably have to eat crow a lot too. So I think he was more appreciative that you were actually eating crow instead of you know the actual. Oh, I always. That's, I'm just saying I always. I'm and, just saying I always will. <laughs> like because I'll always. I've been so wrong since we started this podcast. If you want to hear us eat crow, tune in often. We always will. Not me. I'm always right. Nah. All right, guys. Follow us on Twitter. Find us everywhere. Syndicated radio allows it. <laughs> have a good weekend. Bye.